Hello and welcome to this, the 27th episode in this second series of the Rise Productions Irish Theatre Podcast. I am your host, the self-appointed cheerleader-in-chief of Irish Theatre, Angus Og McAnally, Artistic Director of Rise Productions, a freelance actor, more recently a director and a producer here at Rise. I am a 21-year veteran of the Irish theatre scene and a third-generation theatre maker. And as ever, we are coming to you live from our studios at the Irish Theatre Institute in the heart of Dublin's cultural quarter of Temple Bar and this second series is brought to you thanks to the very generous support of the Arts Council of Ireland. Now each week we bring you these conversations absolutely free of charge. We've promised that we won't ever charge for the podcast but we are looking for you to put your money where your mouth is and put your money into Irish theatre. The whole ethos behind this podcast is to support promote and celebrate all that is great about Irish theatre and as we tell you each week the simplest way for you to go and support is to put your hand in your pocket and buy yourself some tickets it doesn't get simpler it doesn't get easier it doesn't get more direct put your money where your mouth is put your money into Irish theatre if maybe tickets are beyond your reach this week or this month check out a crowdsourcing website like fundit.ie indiegogo any of those crowdsourcing websites there are always theatre projects on there worthy of your support donations often start from as low as a fiver and there are always great rewards in return but of course there are ways to support without having to put your hand in your pocket and these are great ways that you can also support us here at the podcast go and tell people about this podcast whether that's in person over a cup of coffee or over a pint or by sharing the link as a Facebook post or retweeting the link on Twitter. The more you can get the word out about this podcast, the more we can help get the word out about all these great theatre artists, and the more we can help the whole world all keep ticking over. Uh, Do please go and subscribe to this podcast over on iTunes. That does a huge amount for us in terms of boosting us in algorithms and chart positions and all that great stuff. Uh, But if you're not an Apple user, these are all streamable and available for direct download over at Rise productions.ie if you are over on itunes do please go back and listen to all our other episodes both in the second series and in the first series and do please leave us a review on itunes that's a huge help for us it doesn't take a huge amount out of your day but in terms of what it does for visibility for us and pushing us up in the rankings it's actually a, a really significant helper so maybe if you've been thinking oh god i must get around to that someday maybe this week is the week you go and do that leave us a quick review or hey even if you don't have time to write a full review maybe Maybe just click to rate us on their five-star rating system. That is absolutely a one-click deal. You're in and out in a second. And again, it does a huge amount in boosting our chart position. As ever, to follow what we're up to, you can follow us on Facebook. We are facebook.com forward slash Rise Productions Ireland. Or you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Rise Ireland. And it's been a fantastic week here at Rise Towers. Uh, our second week in the Viking Theatre in Clontarf with this tour of The Good Father, which I guess takes us to a total of five weeks at the Viking in the space of the last, I guess, six or seven months from the first iteration of this tour now to this one. And it's just so rewarding to be there, A, because we're back in Dublin for a couple of weeks. I can sleep in my own bed. I can see my wife and kids, which is always nice. But it's it's absolutely the home for this play. You know, the idea of playing this show set on Port Marnock Beach, right on the water in Clontarf, this close to Port Marnock, it just feels incredible. And the audiences have been fantastic. What Laura and Andy do at the Viking in terms of audience development is second to none. Um, Such a loyal following there and such uh, a depth of of audience there that they have. It's really quite remarkable. And they know their stuff, they're into it, they're with you every beat, every step of the way. It's a real pleasure to be out there doing it. And I have to say, Dan and Marie are absolutely killing it in the show. It's working out so lovely for us. It's been really, really pleasant. Um, I'm looking forward, we've actually got next week, we've got a week of no performances, which I'm really looking forward to because it means I can catch up on a lot of admin stuff, both for this and future projects that are coming up. But again, it's another week in my own bed, which at this stage feels like a real luxury. But it's been a joy to be doing it. I'll be sorry to see the back of the Viking. Um, but uh, let's just say hopefully we'll be back there very very soon with the next shows coming from Rise Productions and so that brings us to our guest this week or indeed as the case may be our guests and we're talking about Rise Productions and shows of course it's the brilliant Dan Monaghan and Marie Ruan Um, two people I have just so much time for it has been an absolute joy working with them on this show Marie I'd worked with quite a bit before over the years um, and Dan is someone who as you all know my love 
of the Lear. I had seen all of Dan's work while at the Lear and uh, just thought he was absolutely right for this gig, as indeed was Marie. And it's been an absolute pleasure to have them on the show. It's like it's a unique experience for me in terms of going back and revisiting a show to redirect it with an entirely new cast. And, you know, for a show like this, which is just a two-hander and it's about the chemistry and that relationship, that's a big thing to go and tackle, to go and do this second version, this new new version of this production. And uh, and the guys have just absolutely smashed it. It's been a joy to be in there working with them. Um, I've had a great time, so I think you're going to have a great time when you spend this next hour with them. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the brilliant Dan Monaghan and Marie Ruan. The wonderful Marie Ruan and the distinctly above average Dan Monaghan. <laughs> well, Angus. Apt. Um, for the purposes of today, are you Mono? Are you Dan? Are you Daniel? Are you, who are you? Just call me whatever you want, Engo. Just as whatever you feel. call me. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, gang, let us start at the very beginning, as we always do. Marie Ruan, uh, when you were a small child in uh, East Galway, in the family pub, when did it occur to you that a career in the theatre might be for you? Well, Angus Logue, um, I, I don't think it ever properly occurred to me as such. I think I was always surrounded by performance, music, uh, kind of growing up in the pub. Um, did drama classes very young in school, as everybody I think does. Um, developed a like for it and um, I think I was very lucky actually my secondary school teacher, Eamon Donoghue, he was the principal of my secondary school. Uh, he had a drama school in Gormanstown called Stagewise. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've heard of that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So lots of wonderful people have taught there uh, throughout the years. <clears throat> so he suggested to my mum that I go there. So I used to go there in summers um, between school. Uh, for It was a week and um, it was wonderful. We did all sorts of work, script work, um, physical movement, uh, mime, um, it was just great. You were exposed to kind of all all levels of it. And is this kind of like 15, 16, that kind of age? Uh, younger, I think, probably from... I think it was about 12 or 13 when I went for the first time. Um, and, and that kind of, I suppose, whetted my appetite for it. And then when it came to my leaving cert, he, the same man, Eamon Dunne, who was also my career guidance teacher. So <laughs> it was him that suggested that I might pursue... Um, a career in drama. Now, at that stage, I think I was very... I wouldn't say reluctant, but I think I was—I didn't have the confidence to say that I wanted to be an actor because I guess where I was from, that's not really something anybody had ever done that I was aware of. Sure. Um, also didn't really think, you know, that you could make a career in that. Um, and although it's been touch and go for a few years, <laughs> it's, uh, it's proved it's, it's, it's going okay. Um, but yeah, I did the academic uh, BA in Trinity and I guess... I think I would have liked to probably have applied for the BAS course, which was there at the time, um, but but didn't. And I think probably thought it was a much safer route to do drama and French, even though French was, God, it was just like not really where my interests lay. Um, but yeah, I mean, went to Trinity. It was much more academic a course than I had signed up for, I think. Right. Because um, it's proper, like, full nerd, <clears throat> 8 million points. Oh, totally. And and I think I was coming from a place as well where I was, wasn't was very sure of, of what I thought about anything. Um, I was quite young as well. And, you know, not alone did I not know anybody in Trinity. I didn't know anybody in Dublin. And so it was a very kind of new surroundings, new situation for me. And so when I started, and I was surrounded by people who were so sure in their opinions and attitudes about things, it was a little bit daunting for me. So I think the first couple of years in Trinity, I was a little bit awestruck, shall we stay, say, with the with the people around me, um, but thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I had a great four years in Trinity and made great friends. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so so then after Trinity, I I um, I'm not sure if you want to know this, but I'll tell you. <laughs> so I took a few years out and I went off um, traveling as you do and was working on uh, private yachts as a stewardess. Now, this is incredible. Like, because this yeah. is proper lifestyles of the rich and famous territory. Yeah, it? like, I mean, incredible. It was it was an incredible. So I, I worked in a bar in uh, France in summers between college, a bar called Banana Bar. Um, we had great crack there. Myself and a couple of friends uh, happened to come upon it one summer and uh, we were invited back the following summer. But it was a crew bar for yachties. 
uh, was just outside Cannes, a place called Gauchouan. Um, and I was fooling myself that I was there to better my French. Of course not, <laughs> I was just there for the crack. Um, but I swore I'd never work on boats because people used to come in with their sob stories and be like, oh God, I'm never gonna do that. And of course, uh, when I finished Trinity, it was kind of a little bit at a loose end. I was working as a drama teacher for a few months back home in Galway. Um, went back to France for a weekend and a friend was looking for, for uh, a stewardess. So yeah, signed up anyway, worked at that for a couple of years and then uh, decided to apply to Lambda, um, got in and spent two years there doing the actor training course. See, this is what's really interesting with the thing of kind of doing the original training and coming back to training again after that. Yeah. And we might touch on that again in a second because, Mono, this is a, a familiar thing for you. Uh, not only did you do training and then more training, but also you also grew up in a pub in rural Galway. Am I right? That's right, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not quite. Uh, <laughs> I wish, yeah. No, um, yeah, I, there wasn't much, like, my, my family background isn't, isn't really involved in the arts at all. Um, my mum is a very good painter, actually, but she never took it up, really. Right. She should have, though, because she, she is very talented. Um, but no, I think when I was about 11, I, went, I joined the Backstage Academy in Lucan. Um, I always kind of liked being a bit of an entertainer or whatever. I never guessed that from yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I joined backstage and I didn't really know what I was up to at all. I don't think I was any good really either. Um, but I, I loved it and uh, I, I finished there when I was about like 13 or 14. Actually, I'm just remembering now why, because <laughs> we were, uh, we were, we, we, we go in every Saturday for three hours and we were doing like a variety show in Drake and we were rehearsing and I was giving, I was giving um, the part of the raps in the song Where Is The Love by Black Eyed Peas. Amazing. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I had to do, yeah, in Drake. And I was dead excited about that because I was hip hop ghetto superstar when I was 13, 14. Uh, so yeah, I was very excited about that. But I missed one of the days, like missed a Saturday, came back in the following week and they're like, yeah, that's gone. No. And I left. Literally. In protest? In protest, yeah. Amazing. Uh, no, also as well, I was in school and I was kind of getting slagged, you know, off the lads. What are you doing drama for? Were you gay or whatever? You know, <laughs> well, it was silly, but... Uh, no, I left and, like, all through secondary school, I... It was always in the back of my head that I wanted to be an actor. I never knew, I never knew how to go about it or anything, but I always re wanted it. I, I, I didn't know in what capacity I wanted it or how to go about it at all, but... Um, when I went in to like fill out my CAO and stuff, I spoke about it with like the guidance counselors or whatever, and yeah, they're like, yeah, that's not there's not really much in Dublin for that, yeah. and they didn't really I hadn't heard about Rad or any of them places in London that was might as well have been New York or something, yeah. you know. Uh, and actually, me and my mate went to an open day in 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 Chicago, yeah, and we liked it, we were enjoying it, uh, and then we actually. He was my best mate at the time. Oh, God, I'm getting very depressive now. Well, he he died in a car crash before we did my leaving cert, okay. which which kind of derailed me for a while. Uh, and I took a year out, and I was working in a bar, and I just wasn't really happy with the way things were going. I was like, "What am I doing? This is not what I want to do for the rest of my life." And a girl that was working there was studying in Bolali. Okay. And she was telling me about it, and I was like, "No, oh, so I'm, I've always wanted to get into that." But she said, "Why not go go uh, apply? They're doing auditions in the next couple of weeks." So I applied, got into Bolali, and my whole world just completely changed. Like, really? Yeah, as soon as I got in there, I was like, what have I been missing out on? This is unbelievable. Just these like amazing people, just being free and just no judgments, no nothing. It was just, it was just gorgeous. So much so that I, I moved literally across the road from, <laughs> from where we were studying in Bolali. Really? Uh, on Francis Street, yeah, with my mate James. Uh, yeah, I just, I just kind of said, like whatever life I've been living before, I was like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm done with that now. This is, I'm gonna be completely engrossed in this way of living or whatever. And yeah, had a great time in Bolali. Have made unbelievable friends. Um, and I was going to just go out after Bolali and just give it, a, give it, a, give it a bash. But myself and uh, my friend Barry actually, uh, we were walking, we had heard about this new place, the Lear, being built and we took a stroll up to have a look at it and it was just a building site and me, me and Barry were like, what do we do it? 
I was like, oh, I don't know, another three years of training or whatever. And then we, we kind of put on the long finger. And then when we were coming towards the end of, uh, which would have been my third year in, in Bolali, a few of the lads were applying for the Lear. And the date was closing, the closing date was coming soon. And they were like, Mono, are you going to apply? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And they were like, just go and apply. I was like, well, when's the, clo- when's, the, when's, when's the closing date? Well, I think it's like tomorrow. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. And, and it was 50 euros to apply. So I asked one of the lads, it was loaned 50 quid there. Amazing. Stuck, uh, brought it up to administration in Bolali, got a cheque, ran down to the Lear, literally ran to the Lear, handed it in and applied, auditioned, and got in. That's amazing. Because Bolali's been a, um, a real kind of feeder system for the Lear. It's yeah. a huge amount of people that have now come through the Lear originally went through Bolali. Yeah, well, there was five in my year uh, that came from Bolali. Like five out of 15? Five out of 16, yeah. Really? Yeah, one, two, three, am I right? Yeah, five of us. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I remember when actually in the first, third year, when the couple of lads who had got in from Bolali had got in, we were like, wow, that's, you're like, you're mega now. Yeah. You're otherworldly. Uh, so yeah, when I got into Lear, it was, it just took it to another level in terms of training. I got in there and I was like, fuck, this is the real, this is the real deal. <laughs> I'm, I'm rolling with the big dogs now. And it was, uh, yeah, it was unreal. Loved it, loved it every minute of it. How did you find the shift then, Marie, from the much more academic th- um, deal with Trinity to then going full on practical, rolling on the floor, making funny noises, oh, actor school? Such a joy in so many ways. Um, I remember trying to describe it to, to my family. Um, what it was like. I remember my sister coming over at one stage to visit me in London and I was just showing her around the college and she she was like, it's just like fame. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it is, isn't it? Like warmers and all. Yeah, um, it was fantastic. And, and it was, I, I guess, such a breath of fresh air f- to me as well. I mean, the course that I chose to do was the two year course. It's It wasn't seen um, as a postgraduate course, but I think 24 out of 25 of us had done a previous degree. Wow. Um, so the old, the I guess the age bracket was a little bit older. I was twenty four when I started, twenty six when I left, um, and I think the eldest was probably thirty four. But it was probably an age gap of maybe ten, twelve years, yeah. um, which was great. And I, I think we were exposed to all sorts of different elements of of training, which was great. And I think we were very much encouraged to pick and choose what was suitable for us. Um, and I mean, there was some things that, you know, just I kind of would roll my eyes to, but try and participate in and get as much as I could out of it. But, you know, things that kind of weren't suited to me that I was happy to throw away into the background or, you know, put into my little box that I might be able to pull from at some stage. Um, and I think that's what was great about Lambda is it wasn't it wasn't one particular um, method of training. It, it encapsulated all um, all elements and you know, you had the freedom to choose what suited you, which was great. Um, did you find that being away from here uh, was a, was like a useful part of it, was a difficult part of it? I mean, because at that stage, you'd been living all around the world at that stage, so the idea of training over there rather than training here. Yeah, I mean, when I moved back to Dublin in 2010, and I'd been away for about six years at that stage. Um, to be honest, it was never my plan to move back to Dublin. Right. Yeah, I, I, when I moved to London, I kind of thought, yeah, I'm moving here to live here. We'll see how it goes. And I stayed for about a year and a half after I left Lambda. Um, and I was pretty miserable, I think, at the end of it. I just, my tears in, in Lambda were fantastic. And we all kind of lived in this hub, as you do in drama school. You know, you're very kind of, uh, you, you just, you, your sole existence is drama school and the mm. people there. And, you know, you socialise with them and that is your world. Yeah. Um, and I was very lucky that everybody kind of lived around West London, but when when it ended, everybody kind of dispersed to different areas of London. And so, you know, that was a little bit lonely, a little bit difficult. Um, one of my best mates, Ashling, Ashling B, she moved to, to Angel. And so, you, you know, it was kind of to and fro in there. You're like, oh, an hour and a half a night, a night bus after a night out. That's the elements of it that I wasn't enjoying. And I was very lucky as well that I was working in a job. I worked for Richard Corrigan, um, front of house in his restaurant in Mayfair, and he was very good to me. Okay. Um, you know, would give me a month off if I was doing a show in Edinburgh, or uh, you know, would kind of let me pick and choose my hours, uh, wow. which was wonderful. Yeah, he was he was very good to me, I have to say. Um, but again, I was I was working in a restaurant. It's not really what I wanted to, to be doing. 
Um, I'd also started seeing somebody in Ireland and you know we'd been together for about a year of kind of to and fro and um, back and forth from Dublin to London and so that was that was difficult as well. Um, but yeah, I came to the stage where I was like, feck it, I'm, I just made the decision I was going to move back to Dublin. And I think, sorry, going back to your question, if I had, if I had the choice of training in Dublin um, when I made the choice to go back, if the Lear had been an option, yeah. I definitely would have applied for the Lear. Okay. But I think a lot of people that I knew had been through Lambda, there was quite a, um, I guess, Trinity Mafia that had gone <laughs> through Lambda and so I was very familiar and I'd been to visit and I'd been to the showcases and stuff and um, rather didn't appeal to me so much I, I don't know why but I just I guess I had a personal connection with yeah. Lambda through my friends um, but I think you know someplace like the Lear is fantastic because you get a chance to work with people who work in the industry which is not what happened for me so when I moved back to Lambda Although there was lots of people from Trinity that, that I knew that were working in the theatre industry here in Dublin, I didn't have any of those connections. So it kind of, you know, it was kind of fighting to get a start. Whereas yeah. I think that's something really special that the Lear can offer. You know, as you step into the world and you already have formed work relationships with people. I was kind of on the flip side of that actually, because yeah, obviously I trained in the Lear and I knew everyone here, and it was great like part of that community part like like you were saying having your 16 people as your family and being so close with that group so when i moved to london uh there was some of the lads were over there from dublin but like it take you two hours to meet them anywhere so that's the people who haven't done the london thing don't get that yeah like it's it's so like you know in dublin it's a case of quick text you know I'm, see I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in this boozer I'll see you on St William Street in yeah. five minutes like yeah. you know what I mean yeah and in, in London it's completely different like plan what we can advance exactly it's like booking a holiday to meet yeah. someone for a half an hour uh, so yeah that was kind of a shock to the system for me and plus I, I just London I've just found was a tough town and um, you know I've got, got myself a job in a bar and um, bars aren't as good <laughs> Everything mm. isn't. I don't like. I shouldn't be dishing this in London. I had a great time. Well, we there, no, I had a good time as well. Yeah. Uh, it's. I did miss Dublin. Like yeah. son of a bitch, I did. I really did. Uh, Dublin's my home. It's a lovely little city. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like if I went over and you know got a bit of work and made them connections in in the, the theatre scene, I'd be much better off. But it's uh, when you're not in that scene, it's bit difficult when you're just trying to crack it like you know yeah. did you find during your time at the Lear because there were a couple of years that had come out ahead of you and because kind of from the off there had been a huge amount of success coming out at that stage I know from talking to some of the guys from that first year they felt there was a real pressure on them that they had to make it work that, you know because so much being put behind this whole kind of even mythology around the Lear that they had to make it work for you guys then having those people come out ahead of you did that increase pressure on you to go oh shit now we have to deliver too or was it just a case of hey look people have come through here getting great success we can have great success too yeah I think it's um, well I remember when I was in first year looking at the third years going that's the level you want to get to them lads are seriously talented can I get to that level and like having that to strive to you know um, and and then when you when you hear about people doing well from the lure you go okay well then it's it's available for me as well you know uh, you know, if you do the work in, you put you put the work in, and uh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't feel like there was pressure from anyone, like to go look, look what these are doing. You need to get there. I didn't yeah. feel like that. No, it definitely felt like it was attainable because they had done the same as what we had done. Uh, so no, I didn't feel m much pressure in that way. That's all right. Mm. Um, for you, then, Marie, having been around a while. And haven't gone what to. What are you saying? No, what, no, what I mean is, what, I mean what have is, you heard? When you came back from Lambda and you're saying that you didn't technically have that kind of network of connections that you might have if you come through the Lear, did it feel for you a bit strange that kind of you're starting from scratch, even though you did have those friendships from the Trinity days? And a lot of the people who've been knocking around your generation in Trinity had gone on to be kind of big players in the scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was tough. I mean, at the time as well, when I moved back, my agent was in London and he kind of thought I was just moving back for a little period of time and that once a job came available in London, I was moving back again. And I, you know, I had to explain to him that that wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, it was really, it was a tough move, I have to say. I think, you know, being abroad for so long, for almost six years, moving back 
didn't move to Dublin straight away. I moved back to Galway, I suppose, to find my feet. Um, and that was tough. I mean, my parents, God, I love them to death, but, you know, probably living under the same roof wasn't a great idea. But, you know, I was working in the pub for a little bit and then kind of thought, oh, you know what, feckin', I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make the move to Dublin. And so I moved up and um, I think within a few weeks I had um, landed a job in the gate in Death of a Salesman. Amazing. Which was wonderful. Um, went from that straight into Dancing at Lunacy with Second Age, which was a wonderful gig. We did a great tour. It was fantastic. It was a beautiful, beautiful show. Very proud of that. Um, and yeah, so work kind of kept coming for a few years. It, it did a season of Raw, did a bit of film work. Um, was in and out of stuff, you know, theatre shows and, and um, developed really good relationships with different theatre companies like Wilfrid um, and uh, I set up a drama school in Galway, was kind of doing, doing teaching there during um, summer holidays and Easter holidays and things like that. So it was great, it was tipping along for a while and then I guess, um, I won't say things went quiet but it did have a lull for, for a while. As happens to all of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess I did a few more theatre shows and then I, I guess about two years ago, very much slowed down and uh, went and had a baby. Yes, uh, indeed. Who's, who's now nine months old. And I guess coming back after that as well, it's kind of feels like when you're out of, you know, when you're out of kind of action for a year and a half or whatever it, it is, you kind of lose track. And I wasn't very good at, you know, I guess going to, to keep relationships running or meeting people or things like that and you know even with Dan now Dan, Dan's like do you know such a person I'm like no I don't, I don't know anybody I'm really bad um, so yeah that's not answering your question no it's not I think it's really interesting because I mean I feel the same thing you know I have a two year old at home and it's just harder to be at those opening nights or it's, it's even it's just the, it's not even getting to the opening nights because you can kind of make an exception for those but it's the thing of the impromptu thing going oh can you stay for like another drink at the pub and you go no I have to go and let a babysitter go home yeah. and it's it's tricky I find it tricky I find that um, and I know I guess it, it falls disproportionately on the ladies in the situation rather than the fellas. But I do feel it too that it's harder to just have that freedom that, you know, there's something that you need to look after. Yeah. Uh, and it, do, it does impact on it. What's also strange in Ireland, I don't know how you feel about this, but it's something that I, I think about all the time is, um, especially if I'm on a film set or, you know, doing TV, you know, we're talking about certain actors and like, no, don't know them, don't know them. It seems like there's a, a divide between theatre actors and be, and film and TV actors that it's it's quite difficult to, and you know, it's very few people I think that are lucky enough to be able to do both. Yeah. Mm. Um. It, it seems like you kind of have to choose which course you're going down in a way, which or which road you're going down, which I think is. I, I don't know. Do, do you feel the same way? Do you feel like it's? I, I do think there's a divide there. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. You can see it. I don't know if it's a case of choosing it like I mean, it's, no, very like, yeah. it's, it's what's it's getting what you're yeah. getting I suppose take which I which I given well that's the way it's been for me anyway I mean I'd, I'd like I'd love to explore film a bit but theatre has always been presented to me so yeah go with it like Probably you know you have done quite a bit of screen stuff though haven't you um yeah I have yes, actually yeah, yeah I suppose I have uh, I, I really love working in film I have to say um I think in comparison, like it's great to do a theatre show and, and um, you know, it's there's, there's a sense of freedom, I guess, when you're performing on stage that you don't get on, you know, when you're in front of a camera. Uh, but I have to say, if I had to choose, I think I think film is a medium that I would like to pursue more mm. of. And is it because it excites you more or because you feel you're more suited to it? I think what? personally, I'm probably more suited to it. Okay. Um, I, I would think I, I enjoy the process a lot more and I think... I won't say the repetitive nature, but of theatre sometimes, um, you know, repeating things over and over and over again, it can get a little bit tired, and maybe that's just me. I have to <laughs> work a little bit harder. But I think with film, there's a bit more spontaneity in it, and there's a little bit more excitement for me as a performer um, in front of a camera. Yeah. Do you, have you... Have, you, have most of your runs to date, Dan, been shorter runs? Is this one of the longer gigs you've done? Um, this is... This is the longest one I've yeah. done. It's the never-ending show. The never-ending. No, I love this show. No, I love this show. But um, no, I I did a the, I did a run last year uh, for seven weeks in Bewley's. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, the um, it was two little one-act Tennessee Williams plays, 
lovely with, little, Maria with Maria Guyver that's right uh, directed by Barbie Nicreef it was lovely it was really yeah, it was really nice um, yeah I don't feel like too bad about like having their like the, re- the repetitiveness yeah. of it like you, you know you're always trying to find new things of course sometimes you do go oh, here we go I wouldn't do this bleeding show again but no you go out once you're out you're out and you're you're on it and yeah. you're having fun you're playing obviously um, you don't feel like that with this not at all not with the humory not at all sure that's awesome <laughs> uh, no but I've said I do find with this show because obviously me with it now because I lived with it for like 15 years waiting to do it and then the the original tour last year and now this tour again I'm with it every night and I'm still finding new stuff I'm still finding new stuff in your performances every night and mm-hmm. uh, really enjoying it. I'm still finding new laughs in it as well maybe that's just me laughing at you two though um, <laughs> right do we want to bury me for a while do you want to just slag me off about how amazing it's been on this process of working together on the no. father no I'm good <laughs> contractually obliged to you might bury me um, has it been the crack I, so I will I will say about this project um, and actually I was I was talking to somebody who came to see the show last night and uh, you know they'd seen the, the previous production uh, with Rachel and Liam in it which unfortunately I didn't get to see your dad didn't get to see lazy lazy having a baby you know whatever I don't think babies or oceans <laughs> should come between you and my work but in a way I'm, I'm just I'm quite glad that I hadn't seen it because I think and this is kudos to you I think it must be very difficult to redirect a show with new actors because I think you must try to go down the same path that you'd been which you didn't do at all with us and you you know unless he was lying unless he was lying and it was like the direction was completely yeah I don't know but it's it's a great thing that you let us kind of find our own way um without kind of imposing you know what had happened previously and this production which is great and I think as a result a lot of people that have come to see the show said it's a very different show um not saying it's better or worse but just a very different because I think the two of us probably bring very different elements to it yeah it is and it's something I'm actually I'm quite proud of that you guys have, have done what you've done with it because it, obviously it is a challenge to come back to it and to come back to it so quickly um to go again um, but I did, in as much as was humanly possible, try not to impose any kind of previous blocking or notes or anything. Because the other thing is, I'm coming in, hitting the deck running, having gone through it and answered, or certainly not answered a lot of the questions, certainly asked a lot of the questions already. And so for you guys then, still my job as director is to kind of, you know, shepherd it all along and guide it all along. But I have no interest in going, ah, this was fine last time, let's just do it again. I'd much rather have you guys discover it because, you know, I cast you guys for a reason. You, I think you're both brilliant actors. Let you go and find the magic in it for yourselves. And that individual thing is always going to be more interesting than like a microwave dinner from, you know, reheating what was there before, <laughs> I think. Um, have you guys enjoyed the process? And a particular question around this is, for a two-hander like this, where it's just the two of you on stage for the whole night, carrying such a kind of delicate story in places. How have you found, because you guys didn't know each other before working on this, how is it to establish that rapport in a relatively quick rehearsal process? Well, I think you just, you got to just throw yourself into it and trust like who you're working with and like, and we hit it off straight away as yeah. well, didn't we? And, and it is, it's a very intimate show, so there's no, there's no time for like flip-flopping around it. You just got to get in, you just got to, make that bond make that connection yeah to do it like and and fairness to you as well i think the first week of rehearsals were quite laid back and you did yeah. allow us, you know you did allow us the time for the chats and to get exactly, to know yeah. each other and and you know that was quite nice so i guess in a way we weren't thrown into it but yeah yeah, yeah I suppose it so. was but it's very you're very easy as well which is you know it helps yeah no i mean look that was a conscious that's to Dan, not you, sorry. Thank you. It was a conscious <laughs> decision care. on my part not to push, you know, let's work hard in the first yeah. week. I thought it was about kind of just kind of spending time together and just acclimatizing to each other and the gig and whatever else. But also, it's that thing of, I'm a big fan of just casting well and leaving well enough alone to an extent. And for me, I knew I was in safe hands with, with you two guys. And it's that thing that, you know, you go, like, there's, there's no dickheads in the room, except if you're in a group and you don't think there's any dickheads there, that means you're the dickhead. So, <laughs> so that doesn't reflect well on me. But I was going, I know, I know we'll be in safe hands putting this together because I just had total trust in you guys. Um, it's just really enjoyable as well. I mean, I haven't done a tour in about two years. Okay. And so to be able to sit in the van with you two guys and go off and have the chats for two hours as we're driving somewhere mm. is great. It's my first tour. 
Is it? Yeah, it's a four store. Well, they don't always have the director driving the van boring you with stories about teenage girls. (laughs) (laughs) Or wrestling. Or wrestling incessantly, yeah. No, I love it. I love just hopping in the van, the three of us going around. There's something real cool about it. Just popping to a place, putting a show on. Getting back in the van and driving home. I like it because it, like, it reminds me like it, it's it's a throwback to the old kind of fit up theater stuff yeah. like the fifties and stuff. And I like the idea of uh, rolling into these towns, particularly towns that we now have a, a rapport with with Rise. That you know places like Livingston and Castle Bar that we keep coming back to, places like the Everyman Court that we keep coming back to. I mean, all these menus around the country, we've established that rapport with them now, and the hope is that audiences remember and go, "Oh, well, we took a chance on Fight Night or Games People Play or even the Christie Hennessy show." And we're gonna roll the dice on it again. Um, but even for like, from myself being like a young actor, relatively new out of drama school, going to a new venue every time and having to adapt to that space and apply your your craft, your training to each space is really like incredibly beneficial. You know, for in such a short amount of time, you're playing loads of venues. Yeah, with like with various. Uh, I, I feel the same as well. I have to say, yeah. you know, going from big big stages to to smaller stages like yeah. being you know in the viking last yeah. week and this week i mean it's a wonderful theater space it really is and it's very intimate yeah. which is very lovely and i think it adds quite a lot to the show but then you know having to change it up a bit and and kind of adapt to the bigger spaces is also a challenge but like yeah, a great yeah. one yeah um you are relatively young and relatively new on the scene how do yes you, i am how dare you <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about the the scene at the moment are you is it exciting is it terrifying is it look like there's potential there for everybody i think it's very exciting uh i mean i know like money's always an issue no matter what yeah. money's always an issue and it uh, i'm not too well versed on what goes on with money and stuff like that but i'm getting a sense that things are getting a bit tight yeah um but i mean the changes that are happening now are great you know because new faces taking over these unbelievable venues you, you, you would you would hope and imagine that they're going to adapt a new way of doing things which is only good for if you're new and up and coming or whatever um and i think i just i think it's just very exciting at the moment i think i think theater audiences are are getting bigger like i think people are more into theater lately interesting i mean that, I mean, that, that is something that maybe it's just maybe it's just because i'm just riding the wave and I'm in with it and then yeah. I, I'm out, maybe I'm just loving it more but I don't know I feel like there's there's a, bu- a bit more of a buzz about it at the moment it's a funny thing because it's that thing of like in the Netflix generation where everything is streamable and box set and binge watching and all that whatever else you know people always are afraid that that's going to kill things off but the more I think the more that that's around the more significant the live experience is of getting yeah. in a darkened room with people Definitely, yeah. and you know, sharing these stories do you find that mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah, I I do. It's funny actually. I'm just thinking about um, when I so when my now husband, uh, uh, who was my boyfriend at the time, when we started going out. Remember one of the first dates that we went on when I came back to Dublin was to the Abbey. We went to see Comedy of Errors, and uh, you know we went for a pint, crossing the plough afterwards as you do, and uh, or as we did. Um, he was saying, yeah, God, like, I, I didn't realise there was so many theatres in Dublin. I thought there was just three. <laughs> I thought it was like the gate, the Abbey and the gate, and that that was it. And uh, yeah, he's he's definitely been, um, his, his avenues have been widened, shall we say, when it comes to theatrical experiences. Uh, but yeah, and, and I guess a lot of my mates that kind of wouldn't have gone to the theatre would have come to see shows and kind of have gotten into it because they've been exposed to it. I know for me, where I grew up there was kind of very little exposure one of the first shows that I went to see was in the Thaiverk in Galway I think yeah. it was I don't know it was probably eight or nine mum heard that there was a show on it was the, the Country Boy and there was loads of actors from like Fair City and Glen Row and I remember sitting in the audience being awestruck going my gosh you can do this for a living mm-hmm. um, and and so but that was in Galway like we're, we're 35 38 miles from Galway right. you know the kind of exposure to theatrical experiences where I'm from are kind of you have to travel as such um, but you know I think there probably should be a lot more and I think it's great initiative actually that the Abbey had last year you know opening a lot of their shows in, in regional venues yeah. um, I think that's fantastic um, and a lot of and the free previews as well is on, yeah that's, that's a, wonderful yeah yeah well, that's like opening the doors to people who you know for otherwise wouldn't be getting in uh, yeah and then obviously the hope is that you catch them and you can hang on to them yeah uh, yeah, it keeps it all very exciting. Um, talk to me then about 
uh, this issue of the Dublin London divide in terms of you know coming home because you you had gone over and I grabbed you back for this yeah <laughs> that's right yeah I went over I, was, I wasn't even there long I was only there about six months but it felt like a fucking age I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it, it really did uh, but uh, no I, I, I went, as soon as you got on to me was like do you want to audition for this I was like hell yes any excuse to go back not any excuse that 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 no um well you know i love this play anyway because like i did a piece for for my showcase like as soon as i found out about this play i adored it yeah. uh, i was massively excited to come audition for it but yeah um what was the question well i mean do you feel that now that the world is small enough that you can kind of hop back and forth between here and London a, a or do you feel like you need to be like based a lot on of people other? do it but I think a lot of people have to be quiet about doing it a lot of people are very reluctant to say that they've made the move to London or vice versa because they feel like if they say that they're in London they won't get work in Dublin mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of my close friends you know that kind of when I was we were living in London had to come back to Dublin for work um, and were constantly getting work here which meant they weren't getting work or couldn't audition for stuff in London so you know I think, unfortunately, you have to be very quiet about where you live if you want yeah. to be able to work in both places. Yeah. Unless you're lucky enough, you know, to kind of get a good role. And it's that yeah. thing, isn't it? Like, you know, if you make a move somewhere, like because you're not saying I mean, I made the move to London because well, I have an agent over there and just thought there'd be more opportunities. Yeah. Of course, you move over there, get Phone a gig. Phone starts from here. Phone starts ringing from here. You come back and you go, okay, well, I'm here till June now doing this gig, and you know, so I'll go back. Then you get another gig, and I'm here till October now. So yeah. you're going, what? Where am I? Like, what? What? What do I do? So, um, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, what am I trying to say here? How much you love me? How much I love Marie. Marie is just wonderful. <laughs> I've been saying for years. Yeah. I'm just thinking as well. Like, if you, I guess this is just from my own personal experience, but staying in Dublin, and I think you know being in this industry or around this industry for for quite a few years is you have to be able to diversify you know and adapt to your situations I mean through the years I've kind of done various things a lot of teaching and after this gig finishes I'm going into the ARC uh, to do their summer camps with Maisie Lee um, for three weeks and that's something I really enjoy doing but it's something that I've kind of dipped in and out of for years also voiceovers. I mean, I've been very lucky to to do quite well with voiceovers. Um, documentary making is something that I've kind of gone in and out of. But I'm just saying, you know, that it's really it's a really really difficult job to do to be an actor. And I'm not talking about doing the job of an actor. That's brilliant. It's the other side, which everybody knows. It's really yeah. difficult. And you know, you have your ups and your downs. And unfortunately. I think, well, unless you're very lucky, a lot of people experience the free time and the what will I do with myself and oh my God, existential crisis am I doing? What have, what have I done with my life? Um, but yeah, I think that the need to adapt and diversify is something you probably should also be told when you're in college. Yeah. You know, that should be a part of your, your training as an actor. Yeah. I think it's good for you as a human though as well yeah. to keep finding new things and freshen things up. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it, you know, it all feeds in to to your work yeah. as an actor. Talk to me, guys, about what excites you about theatre, either making something or as an, even as an audience is going to see stuff. What what gets you riled up and excited? Well, just being involved in theatre for me is. It's just like being part of like the best club ever. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Yeah. Like, aside from like making the work and everything is great, but being in the industry with like with, with your peers, like I just I just I just get a serious kick out of it. Like when you go to like the Irish Times Awards or whatever, and everyone's there. It's like a Christmas party for yeah. everyone there. It's just I I just love the whole like community of it. Like being um, part of the tribe. Yeah, exactly. I think also you meet so many wonderful, exactly. sound people. Crazy people too. Crazy people. Yeah, but crazy people are the most fun. And yeah. Interesting people, yeah. yeah, so true. Uh, I think for me, uh, performances that move me uh, to an, in an emotional state. I think that that get me um, laughing or crying. <laughs> like, yeah, performances that would kind of 
stay with me are ones that I would feel an emotional effect from um, there I, I guess you know theatre experiences that would that would stay in my mind I can think of quite a few but I won't name names but yeah um, but are there so, are there directors or actors or writers who you get really excited about um, I've got I went to see Normal there but it was it was on in the fringe and that really excited me and that that because of the two because you know you, you empathize with this person and you go yeah you're you're right and you're an, an awful bitch for saying awful things to her and then it flips over and you get and you get both perspectives and you go yeah I, I can't fault either of you you're both kind of right and wrong at the same time it's that's the kind of theater that excites me when you go you know you you, you go you, you're you're in you're you're in with one person on one person's journey and then and that other person is a prick or whatever, and then it flips, and do you know what I mean? Like, uh, That was a wonderful show, really, really wonderful show. It's back in Beauty's now, I think, at the minute. No, it's yeah, just finished up. Finished oh, up just finished up, yeah. okay. Um, oh, Raftery's Hill was unreal. Yeah? Yeah. Tell me. Uh, one of the most exciting things I've seen in the Abbey in a, like, a very long time, really, really blew me away. And is that Marina's writing or bit of, uh, bit of everything? Like a great cast, uh, directed beautifully, and yeah, Marina obviously is unbelievable writer, isn't she? Yep, can't find it. She's good at that. Like she should stick at it. She should stick with it. She should stick at it. Yeah, she like, she'll go somewhere. She'll she's, go she's, places. She's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So you know, as you guys look back. On things, are there moments that stand out for you? Not even kind of. I'm really proud of how deadly I was in that show, but are there moments of moments of kind of shining lights that stand out from your time in the business? And it might well be, like you say, just kind of meeting these incredible people or whatever. Are there things that stand out to you as happy moments? There was a night when uh, I was in these rooms in 2016, Dublin Theatre Festival, and it was two companies come together. It was a new and Kush came. Uh, and there was just one particular moment was the opening uh, of the of the whole show, combining that immersive interactive experience with dance in this bar that we had that that, that uh, they had made. It was unbelievable, like just so exciting, like just literally dancing, like being throwing yourself on top of people dancing, not in, not in that way. Don't look at me like that, Angle. Ah! <laughs> uh, no, just having a good, just dancing, having a like great time, and just looking at the audience with you. And, you're just everyone's just everyone's just having a good time and it's and it's right there it's it's tangible like you can feel it often because it's literally right there um and i've done lots of work with anew but that in particular was really exciting because it was you know two forms come together how do you find the work with anew it's 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 brilliant it's yeah. it's tough like it's tough because there's no hiding it's right there you know because as close as you are to me i'm you know yeah Acting, there's no like if if there's any disingenuous moment, it's caught straight away. Yeah. You know, uh, so so you're always kept on your toes. I have to say, as an audience member, you know, some of my greatest experience as an audience member have been watching a new shows, like the Boys of Foley Street. That was one of the most incredible shows yeah. I've ever experienced as yeah. an audience member. It was fantastic. Sorry, you weren't involved. No, in my no, yeah. <laughs> Pick that Damn one it. out. Uh, yeah, no, and then we did Hentown, that was lovely. That was a really nice one. Because it was, you know, obviously it's site-specific, which is always interesting, but being in that space, playing people who actually existed in that place, using some of like their testimonies, or not in their testimonies, but just, you know, some diary entries or yeah. whatever it is, like, and playing it, like, yeah, it's just really exciting. For you, Maria, the moments that stand out? Um, lots, I have to say. Um, in, in terms of work that I've done, I think something that I'm really proud of is a film I did a few years ago uh, called Foxes with Lorcan Finnegan, and I think for me that led to an awful lot more work okay. on the back of that. Um, it did the festival, like, runs for a few years um, and was quite successful, and Lorcan's gone on to do great things, and um, he had his, his first feature last year and is about to do his second, and great things ahead for him um, but I think being part of that project was an amazing experience for me um, it was Maureen Hughes who put me up for it in fairness to her and uh, 
didn't think there was a chance in hell that I was going to get it because I knew that there was a lot bigger names in the mix um, and I'm yeah so, so that's something that I'm really proud of in terms of memories I mean crikey there's just endless amounts I think the best thing about being an actor is probably new experiences all the time mm. um, you know meeting new people all the time and and um, I guess learning you know and and the fact that you, your mind is open to just so many different things as an actor, and that's, you know, that's fascinating to me, and I think it's wonderful to be able to pursue a career where you just, you enjoy every minute that you're working. Mm. Don't enjoy the minutes that you're not working. <laughs> you know, but but it's, it, it's great to be able to say that, I think, because a lot of my friends don't, that aren't working in this industry don't have, you know, don't have that, and yeah. I think that's what life is about mm. is you know it's enjoying it there's a lot of friends that work Monday to Friday for live for the weekends and you know that's that's not what I signed up for yeah it makes it worth it though you know when when you're not working like you're five six months wherever long it is waiting on work or you know trying to get work auditioning and it's not going not going for you or whatever and you're waiting tables and you're serving people behind the bar and stuff like that but when you get the gig and you're involved in it and you're playing it just makes all that so much like just so worth it like just, it's just an unbelievable feeling and you go i'm getting paid i'm just playing i'm just actually just having a laugh with mates playing literally playing yeah. and i'm getting paid for it what crazy yeah, beats right. little insurance um those what do you guys wish that people outside the business knew about the business People that aren't involved. Yeah. In, uh, <laughs> how fucking hard it is. Yeah. Or I would say that uh, there's a lot more to it than learning your lines. You come off stage and people go, yeah, especially yeah. after this show, how did you remember all of those lines? I'm like, well, a little bit more to it than yeah. just learning those lines. Okay. But uh, um, I don't know. I guess I'm from a. I'm. I guess a bit like the black sheep in my family. My family wouldn't be into theatre at all and so I guess trying to explain to them what I do is probably a little difficult. I guess there can be a patronising air about it at times but um, I, 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 you know, I think my family obviously do understand how difficult it is and that you're not doing it to be famous, <laughs> you're yeah. doing it to, you know, to, to, to work as an actor on a daily basis you're not doing it to end up in Hollywood I think if people understood that that would be great um, Dan you're doing exclusively to end up in Hollywood aren't you? <laughs> oh that's it that's, I mean, it's, it's that or bust like, it, there's, no, there's no middle ground it's that, if I'm not Colin Farrell yeah. do your style um, yeah it's in my, uh, just on that my family it's weird like my family were never into theatre at all like, and I was seeing my mum and dad are like they give me a text, oh, we're going to that show, are you coming to that show? I'm like, you're going to a show, are you? I'm not even in it. We'll <laughs> go to other shows as well. Which, no, it's just, it's just cool to, to see that. Uh, I think, like, my mum, because she just worries about me, she obviously wants the best for me, because she loves me dearly, and she should. But, <laughs> uh, no, she's always kind of like, okay, you, you'll get that job, but then what happens? And I'm like, well, I don't know, I don't know. Like, hopefully get another job, if not. Just keep going. I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I mean, that 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 is the kind of scary thing. But it, like, which are it'll come. I exactly. Suppose, it's all you know? part. It's all part of the adventure. And as you're yeah. saying, you know, you're booked up now for pretty much the rest of the year. Going, which is unbelievable. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's unreal. Uh, but actually, what you were saying there about you know what do people think of the industry? We may chat with mate Frank the other day actually and he was saying that one of the best shows he'd ever seen was um, A Whistle in the Dark. Right. Drew's show years ago. We went to a matinee um, and it was all school kids watching it and you know there was a like a talk after and th this girl goes um, and what you did up there like did, did you practice that? Like, have you have you practiced that before? Ah, that's glorious. <laughs> uh, apparently, Marty was like, "Is there any real questions?" Oh man! <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, no. That's spectacular. No, two hour, two and a half hour improv. 
yeah i went to i went to plough the other day for yes. this matinee as well and oh god I've, i really felt like a pretentious theater idiot because it was um leaving Sir kids i, I yeah. assume because they were doing must be on the leaving Sarah and was a girl little girl beside me on her phone I was could you please turn off your phone please i'm trying to watch this and then they were talking towards the end and i was like oh no and i was could, could, you, could you mind would you mind just being quiet She's like, don't tell me to shoot up here. I'm like, oh no, I just want to watch. Turn into an old man. I have, yeah. I spent it too much time around me. 40 euro to see you. Oh, yeah, 40 euro. <laughs> <laughs> Money well spent, always yeah. buy theatre tickets, yeah, put your yes, hands in your pocket, yes, support yes. the industry. Um, yeah. Hopes and dreams for the futures. I think if I could continue making a living as an actor, um, slash all those other things I do alongside, I would be very happy, I have to say. Um, that would be my wish. Yeah, if I could just pay rent, that'd be grand. But you have to pay rent now. You'd want to be <laughs> exactly multi-millionaire nearly at this stage. Uh, yeah, no, if I can just if I can just eat, sleep, and have a couple of pints every now and again. But doing that's this. not a very exciting answer for either of us as well. But I'm also, you know, I wish I wish I could say something much more elaborate. But genuinely, but like, but I know what I love about that is you guys are completely honest and completely on the level that. It's not about all the bells and whistles. You just love doing this. And if you can just do this and pay the bills with it, that, that's where happiness lies. And actually, that's where success lies. Like, do it. Yeah. And, like, I mean, yes, you want to do great projects. Of course you do. And um, you could name the people that you want to work with. Yeah, you can, the all, you can do you all of them things. With, want, you could do them till the cows come home. But, like, as, as long as you're able to just enjoy what you're doing. And to be able to do it. And to do it. Yeah. Have to have the, the opportunity to do it. And the pleasure to do it. like Because yeah. it is. It's an absolute pleasure. This is why I love you guys. You're right. It's a privilege that we get yeah. to do what we do. It is. And, and holding on to that is actually, it's a really important thing. It's part of all of it. Dan, Mono Monaghan, Marie Rowan, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you, Angus. Absolutely. What we can do now is, when this goes live, we can listen to it in the van on the road for the rest of the time. Oh, no. <laughs> it's been the whole air cringing. I didn't sound like that. That's been great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Angus. Thank you. So there you have it, the brilliant Marie Ruan and the great Dan Monaghan. So great to hang out with the gang when we're not officially on the clock or not in a van driving to some other venue up and down the length and breadth of Ireland. Um, nice healthy bit of slag in there too, but I think that's all all right. And I guess two really intriguing perspectives from two people um, at kind of different stages in their journey within their career. Um, you know, Dan's still relatively fresh out of the leer and Marie with a bit more experience under her belt. Uh, so great to hang out with the gang and have the chats and uh, I think it was well worth doing. So look, that brings us to our usual weekly roundup of the theatrical goings on around the country. At the Abbey Theatre they have the last few performances of On Raftery's Hill, which has been getting rave reviews left, right and Centre. They also have Cypress Avenue and uh, that'll be followed by a number of pieces for the Dance Festival. Well worth checking out if you have the opportunity. Up the road at the Gate Theatre they still have Assassins and that is of course featuring the brilliant Kate Gilmore and our own Rise Productions regular Rachel O'Byrne. At the Gaiety Theatre they have Minding Frankie and then Darren Brown. At the Board Gosh Energy Theatre Titanic the musical is uh, is coming there very soon. At Theatre Upstairs they have I See You by Amy De Rune, starring uh, the brilliant Roxana Nicolium. I'm going to make it my business to get in and catch that next week when I have no nighttime performances. Can't wait to go and see it. Massive, massive fan of Roxana. She is always spectacular on stage. So looking forward to catching that. Um, at the new theatre, they have Down and Out in Paris and London from brilliant Phelan Drew. And at Smock Alley, they have The Streets Are Ours from Fregley Theatre Company. And Things We Talk About When We Talk About Things from Rocket Octopus. That's, of course, featuring Ian Toner and Ashley Durrell and a whole host of others who will be big fans of here at Rise Productions. At the Civic Theatre in Tallaght, they have Trist coming up. I have, of course, already bought my tickets for that, and that'll be followed by a little production called The Good Father. We're coming back to the Civic, and I can't wait to get back there. We sold out every single show uh, for a full week at the Civic last time around, and I'm really looking forward to getting back there. Such an amazing team out at the Civic. Really, really enjoy working with the gang there, and really enjoy playing to full houses and standing ovations every night and all that great stuff that goes along with it. Can't wait to get back out there. At the Pavilion Theatre they have My Left Nut and also Underneath from Pat Kinnevin. At the Dreacht in Blanche they have Shout, the Mod musical, which I'm hearing wonderful things 
about. At the Viking in Clontarf, we have our last couple of performances of The Good Father, and that'll be followed by Under the Bed. And over the south side at the Dolman Theatre, they have The Confirmation Suit, and that'll be followed by Mary and Me. At Bewley's Cafe Theatre in the lunchtime slot, they have My Fair Ladies from the brilliant Des Kyo. At Project Art Centre in Temple Bar, it's Autumn Royal and a whole host of work as part of Dublin Dance Festival. Do check out their website for all the details on that. Heading south to the Everyman in Cork, it's Minding Frankie. Uh, Shout the Mod Musical is going to be there as well. And of course, the Good Father will be coming down there. Really looking forward to getting back to the Everyman. We've toured so many of the Royal shows there over the years. And uh, I just think the work that Julie is doing down there in that venue is second to none. Can't wait to get back down to Rebel County and unleash this show on everybody. And then as we head over west to the Lime Tree in Limerick, Pat Kinnevan's trilogy is there at the moment, all three pieces, and uh, also Autumn Royal is on tour there too. And up north to the Lyric in Belfast, it's The Sword and the Sand, and then of course Lovers from the great Brian Friel, starring Charlie Bonner and Ruby Campbell, and uh, and a couple of other greats there. So look, that is us, that's episode 27 in the books. We will of course be back next week for another chat with one of Ireland's leading theatre makers, but in the meantime... This has been the Rise Productions Irish Theatre Podcast. For Angus Og McAnally, I'm Angus Og McAnally. We'll see you next week. Bye.